Azim's son was murdered by Pless's grandson. Azim's son was delivering pizzas. He didn't know that this delivery was a gang initiation. Pless's grandson had been ordered to get pizzas for the gang and not pay for them. And when he didn't pay, Azim's son got back in the car with the pizzas and the kid shot him and killed him. Stick your neck out. The weekly podcast of the Giraffe Heroes Foundation. Stories have existed long before written history was recorded. And the telling of stories have changed forms drastically throughout the ages. From cave painting to novels to movies, stories have always fascinated mankind. Although the methods have changed, the desire to tell and hear stories has remained unchanged and still greatly impacts the way we look at life. Welcome back to the podcast to restore your faith in humanity. Welcome to Stick Your Neck Out. My name is Jean-Pierre Aguiar Durañona. People have been telling stories of heroes for thousands of years as a way to communicate core values. My guest today invented the Giraffe Heroes Project to do the same thing. Anne Medlock, welcome to our podcast. Thank you. And you got it. That is exactly why we do this. Anne's strategy for the Giraffe Heroes Project was simple. She will find unknown heroes, commended them as giraffes for sticking their necks out, and get their stories told. At its beginning in 1981, the Giraffe Heroes Project has been just Anne running around New York City interviewing the people whose stories she wanted to tell. Now, almost 40 years later, there are giraffe heroes everywhere, in Argentina, in Vietnam, and also since May 2018 in Europe. Before we start talking about the Giraffe Heroes Project, I would like to ask you about the last post I read from you and your husband on John Graham's blog. What impelled you to write your recent piece, Thinking the Unthinkable, a fascist takeover of the United States? Mm. This country, oh, this world, is in such a state. I'm 87. I have never seen things this bad. We just felt called to step beyond what we normally do and speak out about what we see. There are so many witnesses. There are so many people still alive who watched this happen in Europe. And they, they've told us again and again, this, these are the steps. This is how it begins and this is how it ends. You cannot go down this path. So we just stepped away from everything we were doing. And funny enough, we, we have been married for 40 years, almost. We've never been able to write together. I write at one end of a long, skinny house, and he writes at the other end of the long, skinny house. And our styles are so different that we have never been able to write anything together. We can edit each other, you know. And John is very precise and uh, sort of academic and... Uh, good on accuracy, and I'm a crazy poet, and will put in all sorts of, you know, imagery and stuff, so we can help each other balance the work each other's doing, but writing something together, that took 10 drafts, you know, <laughs> <laughs> 
But it, it felt so important to do. I think we need to listen to the people who have seen what's happened in the past and recognize what's happening now. Yeah, no, that's right. I mean, in this article, you are making a call to action, asking the people to form part of the elections, support them and vote. How do you think they are going to go? I mean, the elections, does Trump will get reelected? Well, you know, we, we went through this before when all the polls said he was going to lose in 2016 mm -hmm. and they were wrong. One of the key things is getting young people to vote. Because we have very progressive generation of young people, you know, mm -hmm. who were so strong for Bernie Sanders, you know, yeah, who was yeah. as far left as an American politician gets. They're, the young people who loved him so much did not come out. They didn't yeah. vote. So that's a huge thing. And we, we just had a, a session this weekend with a 17-year-old who will be able to vote just in time for this election. And we're working with her on ways to get the message to her age group. And she's very good on TikTok and all the things that, that yeah. people younger than us, <laughs> where they hang out. <laughs> TikTok. And also getting people to get everybody in their families, especially young people, say, don't, don't say it doesn't matter. Don't say they're all the same. It's not. No, it's you not. You must vote. Yeah, I mean, the United States are going through a lot lately. You have a questionable president. I mean, that's my opinion. Uh, there was the Me Too debate, and there's a lot also happening with the black community in your country. Oh, yes. How is the Girafidos project sticking their necks out within this whole scene taking place? Well, the, we are telling the stories of a lot of people who are currently... In the front lines, people working on Black Lives Matter, people and, uh, working on COVID. And the COVID heroes tend to be people of color because they are the essential workers more than whites. And man, they are coming through. We need uh, combat pay for these young people who are staying on the job and keeping all the systems working. They are extraordinary. So we're just telling stories like we always do. Word of the day, Corona, talking about its consequences. What do you think about how the world, or at least your country, is dealing with it? Oh, very badly. Um, we're, we're, we're pariahs. We are a pariah nation. We, I, I live in driving distance of the Canadian border, and I cannot mm -hmm. cross that border. You know, they've closed the, the entire Canadian border. So mm -hmm. it's like we are getting used to the idea that no one loves us, no one wants us. We are trapped in this country. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah now with, with Trump, with COVID, I mean, how do, how do you think it's, um, this situation will have uh, an impact on his politics? What's happening today is exactly what I thought when it was announced that he had it, my first instinct was the worst thing that can happen is that he bounces out of the hospital and said, see, I told you it was nothing. Yeah. Carry on. Yet, karma is a bitch. We it will is. see. <laughs> let's see. Okay, let's go back to the main topic of our talk and the great <laughs> joy I have been able to share with you personally about this uh, topic today. Please tell us, first of all, 
Why giraffe heroes? Why did you pick a giraffe and not a lion or a honey badger who has been declared 2011 by the Guinness Book as the world's most fearless animal? Why <laughs> giraffe? <laughs> Because if you say badger, nobody smiles. <laughs> <laughs> and if you say lion, people are scared. No, okay. the, the giraffe is so um, disarming. I mean... Is there a child in the world who doesn't love giraffes? Hmm. I mean, it makes everybody smile. I come out of the PR business. I learned how to get people's attention, you know, how to get their radar down so that you can get a message through. So you put up a charming, wistful animal and people smile. And then you're in and you can tell them things that they may not have wanted to hear without that opening. <laughs> <laughs> the non-profit Girafidus project was born in your head and your head. You are a freelance editor, publicist, feminist and writer living in Manhattan at that time. John Graham, who's still at your side today, you said it before, he admitted um, or he thought the giraffe idea you were developing was too lightweight He couldn't see how just telling stories would change anything, especially if the symbol of it was all a giraffe. Can you tell a bit more about this doubt and what happened then? It's too funny because John has said if he had started this, it would be called the International Society for the Appreciation and Propagation of Courage and Compassion. And oh, everybody God. would go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, that, that is not very engaging, but he's a very serious guy. <laughs> yeah, it's actually exactly what you're doing. Kind yeah, of. that is what we're doing. Absolutely. Yeah. But I come in from the mindset of the poet, the, the novelist, the fiction writer, which is what my work is, my personal work. So add that to the academics and the research and everything. I, I, I tried to write an article about courage with someone else once who kept wanting footnotes. What are the references? I don't have any. That's not where I am. Yeah. This, is, this is what I, what I have to tell you. And it's me telling you. It's not 17 scholars. He has realized over the years that this was a good way to set things up. Yes. Okay. He, he has stopped wanting it to be the International Society. <laughs> <laughs> How does the Giraffe Heroes Project work exactly? Ah, let's see. Well, the Choosing Giraffes thing, we are online at giraffe.org, and you can um, nominate a giraffe. You know, you just look in the nav bar, and you can find your way to... If you've seen somebody you, you think is a giraffe, you can tell us. You can send us a story. We have a researcher who checks it out and writes up a draft. Um, the nominations go in a group several times a year to our board of directors. They read all the stories. Uh, they fuss at each other. And they decide yes or no. And one of the nice things is we've never had any money. And that sounds weird, but... If you have a pot of money and you have to divide it up, you have to limit what you can do. Mm. Uh, you don't have to meet that criteria to be a giraffe. 
If you are sticking your neck out for the common good, it doesn't matter if there are 30 in a year or 200, because there's yeah. no money anyway. There's yeah. no pot to, that we have to stretch. So yeah. I've kind of come to appreciate the fact that we've always run on a shoestring. Mm-hmm. So people who make it through the board get a commendation, which is quite beautiful, actually. I hope they put it on the wall. And a letter explaining what it is. And mm-hmm. a promise to tell their story. So, the first work I did was all in radio. Because that was the easiest medium for me to use at the time. And uh, we were sending out long playing records, LPs, in LPs. the mail to radio stations. <laughs> and then we switched to sending them scripts. And as different opportunities have appeared over the years we keep moving so now it's all social media i don't i don't have to spend my time fussing at uh producers and editors to run the stories we just run them we're everywhere we can be in social media and just put them out ourselves so yeah so i mean uh, you are profiling telling the stories of a lot of people who stick their necks out for the common good you are recognizing and celebrating those people. How exactly was this project born? Uh, you want the long story or the short story? <laughs> uh, make the middle one. <laughs> a middle one. Okay, actually, it began with a theft. I'm a thief. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was working for a magazine in New York that went bankrupt. I was running something there called the Giraffe Society. Mm-hmm. And we had thousands of members who had joined the Giraffe Society at the magazine, via the magazine. Uh, and it went bankrupt. So I was trying to get the Giraffe Society separated from the magazine. Because I didn't need a magazine. I would find another way to do it. You know. And then they gave everything, all their assets, to another magazine. And it went bankrupt. So I'm chasing the Giraffe Society through these different places. And a friend and I just got out of patience. We went to the building where the Dead Magazine's office was locked up. And we talked the janitor into unlocking it. And we stole all the boxes that said giraffe. Oh, great. (laughs) Awesome. So I'm a thief. I managed to get a legal ruling that I could send one message to the members saying, okay, we are becoming the Giraffe Project, come with me. But I still I still meet people who tell me, I have my Giraffe Society membership card in my wallet, and they show it to me from yeah. 1980. <laughs> yeah, what do they recommend that Giraffeiros get? Is there some way the Giraffeiros Project, because you were talking about money um, a couple of minutes before, Is there some way that the Giraffe Heroes Project will support uh, these commanders, people also economically? We lead people to their websites if they have one. And usually there's a donate button and we urge people to go direct to them. Don't give to us, give to them. We also have had, when I had more staff, God, I had this wonderful program going where she would look for organizations that were giving money And she would nominate giraffes for other people's prizes. We got almost a million dollars moved to giraffes by doing that. The last time we tried it, oh, 
it was perfect. It was uh, an office at MIT in Massachusetts that had set up to give a carload of money away to heroes. And we were pumping out the nominations to them, sending them, and they they went down because they were getting the money from Epstein, the pedophile who was arrested. He was oh. funding it. I was so crushed because I thought we we are we are just shoe ins to get this money for giraffes. So I'm a little discouraged about that, but we would love to get back into getting money, just helping giraffes get money. Yeah, that's what we are trying to do. Like the Giraffe Heroes Foundation is that's yeah. exactly what we are trying to do. Just trying to get money to help these projects, these people. Because, of course, money is also an issue. I mean, sometimes you don't want to talk about it, but you need it, kind of. Absolutely. Yeah. I get so tickled when, you know, if we, in the days when we were getting those grants, there's one young guy who had started his program and we got him $10,000 and it kept him going, you know. And, and once a person or organization is being commended as a giraffe hero, how is he, she or it being taken care of? How do you stay in touch? Because you put them on your on your website on your on your database, but is there another way you keep in touch with them? Like you, the best thing I've got is um, a closed group on Facebook, where we we ask the giraffes to check in there so they can talk to each other, and I keep sending them messages to update their stories, because we try to do that to keep as current as we can. There's also another point on the giraffes, which is I find really interesting. You have this criteria to put your life at risk. I mean, if you want to be a giraffe hero, you have to put your life at risk. Not your life, you know, to take a significant risk. It could be money. You know, you could give up a profitable work in order to do that. And that's a risk, you know, a huge life change like that. You don't, you know, we have people, like there's this guy, oh God, he's a professor And he got concerned about what's happening in Sudan. And he physically goes into the mountains with supplies for people who are in danger in Sudan. Well, he is definitely risking his life. Like sometimes we do stories like teenagers. Not being like everybody else can be a severe problem for teens where they get, they get, you know, criticized and blackballed and, you know, canceled and whatever for being jerks, yes. uh, for not doing what everybody else is doing. And for them, that's a risk. So that counts. Your kindergarten teacher told your mom that you were talking over the class to tell stories. <laughs> I love this reaction. <laughs> that's more than eight decades ago and you are still doing it. Why? Can't stop, can't stop. I mean, some of us are just programmed, right? <laughs> oh, uh, I, I don't know. It's like, it's uh, some uh, DNA thing, I guess. <laughs> Too funny. But uh, what's, what's the beauty then on, on storytelling? Well, you, you nailed it when you started. It's the best way to reach people. You know, if... <laughs> We, we did a curriculum that goes from kindergarten through 12th grade, and it is totally based on storytelling. You know, you give kids, you fill them up with stories, and then you say, do you know somebody like this? Come back to class and tell us a story. 
And by that time, the kids are already going, you know, I could do something. And then you say, okay, you see how these people live their lives. Is there something you care about? What would you like to work on? So it's hear the story, tell the story, be the story. And it works. If you say to kids, be generous, be kind, be brave. Eh, what does that mean? But if you show them, tell them these stories, and they see this is what it means. This is what it means to be brave and caring. And they get it. And the stories stick. If you try to get kids to memorize rules and live by rules, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if, if they're rule breakers. Yeah. And some of the best kids are the ones who want to break all the rules. Of and they're course. smart and resourceful and clever. And if they go in the wrong direction, they could be a great danger. <laughs> but if they're smart and clever and motivated and they're full of these stories about how to live a great life, you got a wonderful person in the world. Yes, you have indeed. Of all these stories you've heard and told, is there one in particular that makes you feel like, gosh, I wouldn't manage to do something like that? Oh my gosh, there's so many of them. It's like, oh my God, you did that? You did what? How did you do that? <laughs> I, I guess the one that blows people away the most is a guy named Azim Kamisa. And he was jointly commended with a man named Pless Felix. And Azim's son was murdered by Pless's grandson. This is two families in San Diego, in California. Azim's son was delivering pizzas. He was a college student and he was earning money. He didn't know that this delivery was a gang initiation. Pless's grandson had been ordered to get pizzas for the gang and not pay for them as part of his initiation. And when he didn't pay, Azim's son got back in the car with the pizzas and the kid shot him and killed him. Azim is a, an Ismaili Muslim who his family left Kenya when East Africa became impossible for, you know, they, they were just not safe there anymore. Plus is a, a former Green Beret who was a city manager in San Diego. Really interesting guys. And Azim bless his heart, realized that both families had lost a boy because mm. that kid was going away. Yeah. He was sent to Folsom Prison at 14. Oh. It's one of the most notorious prisons in America, and he was sent there at 14. Azim went to Pless and expressed his sorrow that he had lost his boy. Pless went to a Kamisa family gathering to apologize for what his boy had done. And then Azim started going with Pless to visit this guy, Tony, in prison, and said he, he didn't understand what he had done. He was just a, a kid. Azim helped him understand the, the enormity of what had happened. He got it. He got to the point of understanding that, that he had amends to make. Azim started bringing him textbooks because they weren't schooling him, and he was just a kid. 
So he's bringing him textbooks, and he promised him that when he got out of prison, he was going to give him a job. Did he? Tony got out of prison in January this year. He is in training to become a tradesman in construction teams. And he is going with his grandfather and Azim into schools to talk about forgiveness. No revenge. The the kids are so astonished to see these people together. Wait a minute. Your kid killed his kid. What? 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 Their circuits jam because they're so programmed that revenge is the right answer to a terrible catastrophe like that. So these guys... Now the three of them are doing just incredible work. And yeah. I look at them and I think, I, I don't think I'm that big. I don't think I'm that brave. Like, they are amazing to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't imagine. I mean, I'm not mm. sure if I'm brave enough to to do something like that. To, do, to be oh. either one of those guys. Could you walk into a family gathering of that murdered boy's family? I, I was like, it's like staggering. So yeah, of course there are a lot of plenty of beauty in these kind of stories, but they are also harsh. Huh? I mean, there are plenty oh. of these stories that you tell that are like, whoo! This is not a, this is not a good news service. The world is in terrible shape. Awful things are happening. People are doing terrible, terrible things. And we are not looking away from that. We're looking straight at it. It's not a everybody smile. Isn't this wonderful? Let's have good news. Now you're getting you're getting out from the mainstream, and that's that's uh, that's great. That's awesome. Hmm. So the Girafidos Foundation was founded in May. In May, mm-hmm. you also have your birthday, and you said once in a conference that you decided that this will be your birthday present. Uh, tell me again. The birthday present was what? Oh, right, because I, I think that was, uh, no, that that was fun. Uh, that was the Heroes Roundtable. Yes, I'm exactly. remembering that now. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, going to, from where we were, well, we, we had operations in Singapore, in Nepal, in, uh, let's see, Nigeria, Sierra Leone, Kenya. We have we had operations in a lot of places where people just picked up the the form of what we're doing and we're replicating it and to have the entire continent of Europe come online then was pretty cool <laughs> <laughs> are you happy with your 85th birthday present then ah yes i like it very very much <laughs> Uh, but uh, I mean, there is also I mean, these these people, the people in Europe, the people in Argentina, and everywhere where there is a Girafius project, they are taking, of course, a lot from what you have done. But they are also doing their own thing. Yeah, everybody's got a variation. When, when we had an office in Moscow for a long time, and we found that. Uh, we couldn't use the term stick your neck out because when you translate it into Russian, it means commit suicide. Oh. So we had to change the language. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the, the Russians were, after so long of the czars and Stalin, etc., they were very reluctant to stick their necks out. <laughs> yes, of course, I mean... <laughs> 
So it, it changes wherever it goes. Uh, my, the main thing is, if they, if any, when any of the the branches picks up somebody who who ma- matches what we do, we chime in. We add to their spread. You know, we put that story out in our channels. Okay. And if if they do somebody that it's really like I don't think so. We kind of pretend we don't know about them. <laughs> I mean, okay. okay, you go tell that story, but we're not going to tell that story here. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> How can I picture then the relationship between the Giraffe Heroes Project and the Giraffe Heroes Foundation in Basel? Uh, we just watched Thomas and Smile. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look what he's doing now. <laughs> No, he's delightful. He's just delightful. So. Uh, what would be your ideal for the um, for the project's future, for the Giraffe Heroes project future? Who is supporting you to do on taking care of the giraffes? I mean, it's at some point you are not going to be there anymore. Gee, really? Do I have to leave? <laughs> 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 I I just wrote a long piece on being 87. I'm about to post it online. I will make sure you see it. <laughs> I really oh, want what it. do you mean I have to leave? What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's great. I mean, the way you are approaching the whole thing is awesome. <laughs> so, okay, main thing is there are a lot of younger people involved now. I'm working with people who are between 17 and 50-something, who have a lot of years ahead of them. And I've told the board, when they worry about succession, I just say, look, you guys will either come up with the money to keep this going, or you won't. Maybe it was a lovely thing that lasted as long as it lasted, and it ends. Yeah, that's possible. All of the curriculum is online free. Any teacher, any time can get it. Any parent, any family can get this stuff. There are over a thousand stories online, free. They're just right there. Nobody needs to do anything. Just go take them. They're all free. And by the way, the service learning curriculum is now available in Spanish. The entire thing has been translated in Argentina. And we're putting it online. And we figure that we'll get an enormous spread with that because there are so many Spanish-speaking nations, including so much of the United States, you know, where there are lots of Spanish speakers. So we are thrilled that we're beginning to get the curriculum online in, in Spanish. Yeah, yeah. Great. And nowadays, what's your focus? Coming back to what we were talking about at the beginning, obviously you are still involved politically on community level, helping yourself out whatever you can to make the world a place for everybody. See, mm-hmm. what's important, get active. Unfortunately, one can't do everything. I mean, how mm-hmm. do you manage to take priorities? <laughs> That's part of what I wrote about. You know? It's like, it's <laughs> not only do I need to have priorities, I need to be very serious about them because time is running out. And I have been eliminating so many things that I, I love. I'm a painter. I quit painting. 
I, I like to make things. I quit doing that. You know, I have to focus. I, can't, I don't read for fun anymore. I don't read anything that's for fun. I, I have to focus, pull the, the focus down narrower to use the time as best I can. Giraffe stays high priority to keep the stories going out. And, and my own stories, too. I, I, I do write fiction and poetry. So. Okay. Any advice you have for the following generations, be it giraffe heroes, people who try to get engaged, or young people who have difficulties to choose the right thing to do in the jungle of things available in our modern Western world? Mm. Look for your own skills. You know, that's one of the things we do with the kids in the program is look at each other. Oh, you are very good at speaking. You take that part of this job. Now, you're really good on figuring things out and making them work. You manage the project. You know, so kids all kick in what they are sort of programmed to do well. And I don't think our schools, in this country anyway, are very good at, at helping kids find that. You know, what is it that you bring to school in being you? And develop that, use that, you know. So if you are very good at convincing people to do things, you know, good. Here, here's your direction. Here's it will help you develop those skills and put them to work for the common good. You know, find a problem that you care about. What, what bothers you? What would you like to see changed? And use those skills you have to address that problem. It's what all our materials are about for kids. Thank you so much. Thank you uh, to make it possible for us and our listeners to get a glance on who is the person behind this whole Girafiros project. Even though, of course, whoever gets in brings new ideas, it's great to know and get a feel of who has been working and thinking about it so many years and made them visible. Acknowledge. I wish you the very best regarding the elections, regarding the situation you have with COVID-19 and everything else. Keep in touch. It was great and also eye-opening talking to you. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much. This was fun. <laughs> yeah, I also think so. <laughs> This was Stick Your Neck Out, the podcast to restore your faith in humanity. I am Jean-Pierre Aguiar-Durañona. We are proud to share every week inspirational stories from remarkable individuals. Each giraffe's story is unique with the underlying theme of overcoming challenges present in all. Take a look at each individual experience and, although each person is different, they all have one thing in common, heroism. We want to hear your stories too. If you'd like to tell us about your frontline hero, visit us at giraffe-heroes.eu. Dear listeners, our nature is at risk through exploitation and climate change. Therefore, the Giraffe Heroes Foundation is fighting for climate adaptation and the regeneration of a healthy environment. We start at community level and with practical skills, naturalizing villages with trees and plants, reinvigorating the bees, teaching the crafts and the arts necessary in our times. With your help, we can give this work a greater impact and make it the start of the paradigm change. We are inviting you to come on board, be part of this struggle of the common goal, to keep the planet a human affair. If you want to be part of it, go please to wemakeit.com, look for our project Climate Adaptation, 
the Peace and Free Initiative and have a look at the great rewards you can get while supporting us. Subscribe the podcast so you don't have to look out for us. We'll be coming to you. Join us also on our social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube. Join us again next week. Thank you.